Episode six of the Q and A podcast. I'm with my big Hyungnim Sizzle, aka Clinton Say. Is that correct? That's sure her name. Oh well, Clinton's was like my mortgage broker name. Oh okay, yes, yeah. yes. But my real name is like Say Hyung Hwang. Say Hyung Hwang, born in Korea, South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, born in South Korea, not North Korea, and raised in New York. I uh, came to New York, then I grew up in Maryland. That's right. Yeah. And grew up in Maryland, big Korean population. Well, folks, I am so excited for this guest today. This man is has so much life experience, super kind. I look up to him greatly, super funny, also stand-up comic, actor, but he... I'm so excited for this podcast today. Seriously, super excited. So glad you're here. Um, so, Sizzle, how do you feel? This is your second podcast, right? Yeah, man. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I just want to say, man, I'm lucky to have met you. Same. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I might not even be doing comedy if I didn't run into oh. you at that time. Oh. You helped with my show and everything. Thanks, man. Mm, oh, Sizzle had a great uh, Sizzling Sunday show at the Pasadena Comedy. Thanks and to um, Yeah, the first <laughs> show invited me. A lot of my friends came, but because I told him how great Sizzle was, but <laughs> Sizzle said, like, no one else came that night besides my friends. So if my friends didn't come, his show probably would have gotten canceled or something. But that's not true because there were other people that weren't my friends. There were, like, no. eight or nine people that weren't my friends. Uh, those were, like, friends of the... Comedian, yeah, but so. they were, that's the same as me, though. 11 sold tickets, and I think yours was 10. <laughs> but still, 11 sold tickets is, there's some shows I did at the Pasadena Comedy where there were, like, no tickets oh, sold. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. 11 is a lot yeah. still. But so. thanks, man, you got my show started. Oh, real, real, real. well, thank you, thank you. I it was a, such a fun show. Every Sizzle and Sunday show was awesome. So, uh, Sizzle is actually going on tour Right? And it seems yeah. like you guys are going to multiple states. How long is this tour for? Oh, well, we're just kicking it off. Um, I'm so blessed. I got to meet uh, a headlining comedian. His name is J.R. Redwater. Awesome guy. He's known as the Reservation Sensation. <laughs> and we're doing the tour through National Indian Gaming Association Casinos. Okay. And who do it better with than... The number one Native right. American comedian. So he's he's like the the Dave Chappelle of Native American comedy, right? Exactly. Okay. He's got a large Big fan deal. base. Yeah. So I was really lucky to have met him. He did the Sizzling Sunday show that you were there with. Right. And um, yeah, rolling with him, the natives. We got this show called Chiefs of Comedy. Really funny comics. Nishi XL, Shoshonia Livingston, J.R. Redwater, and we're hoping to bring. You with us? <laughs> Wait, really? Of course, man. Once well, we get some gigs lined up. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah, I know Nishi. She's awesome. Isn't Lee Ling in that too? Oh, Lee Lin. Um, Lee she Lin. started our local shows. Okay. And she's part of the local team, not the traveling team. So, how many clubs are you going to on this tour? Well, 
right now we're going to Dakota to kick it off. That's J.R. Redwater's hometown right. reservation. Yeah. So we're kicking off the tour there. Uh, we already got some bookings in Minnesota, Oregon, oh. Northern Cali. Oh, uh, We're going to Minnesota. Pretty much everywhere we can get bookings. So you, you guys are, this is a kind of a big tour then. You're going to like four, four or five states. Maybe more. Wow. Yeah, hopefully more. Hopefully we come to everyone's state. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so how long will you be gone for? Uh, we'll see, you know. Um, we're going to start off in Dakota. We're going next weekend. We're going to be broadcasting on the radio down in, on his reservation oh. to let everyone know, his fans. You know, he has a large fan base. Okay. I don't have none yet, but hopefully we do this road gig and I can build something. So the tour... So I thought you were leaving for tour next week, but next week you're just going to do that broadcast message yes. and... Oh, yes. okay. At his hometown reservation. Wow, got it. Okay, because I'm actually doing a show, a, a show that I, I'm producing next Saturday. Really? Um, yeah, called Cool and the Gang. Oh, Cool and the Gang. <laughs> like Cool and the Gang, the group oh, that sings okay. Celebration. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you were, <laughs> uh, you were, you I was gonna ask you, but I thought you you were gonna go on tour next week. When are you leaving? Because you think could we're still, yeah, leaving on Friday night. Okay, yeah. darn. Oh man, it's on next yeah, Saturday yeah. night. I definitely will do anything you do. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. next month, next month. Next month. If right. this one goes well, um, but okay. So if once you do that broadcast message, when is the tour gonna start? Uh, our first date we got is October. Oh, so you guys are like pre-planning this? Yeah, yeah. It's nothing's booked. We're we're okay. working on it currently. Yeah, yeah. Like, even this morning, I woke up at five a.m. to call a GM in Minnesota. You know, wow. he books three casinos, and he's only available in the morning. So, dang, that's awesome. And I already talked to Jr. We'd love to bring you on, man. Oh shoot! <laughs> well, if you guys want to bring me on, I'm there. I, that sounds so fun. How long will your sets be for this tour? So I'm gonna be the host of the show. Okay. Oh, you're you're and, an awesome um, host. Yeah. Right now I have ten minutes, but he okay. wants me to build up to twenty minutes. Yes. And yeah. I think if I sing a couple songs, <laughs> do some crowd work, I might be able to pull it off. <laughs> I told you this last time, but your your real life stories, um, and the way this you describe it mm. is so like humorous oh, like there are some things in the in, in our conversations where i like like busted out laughing and i'm like <laughs> why aren't you speaking about that I, during your sets because like my favorite one is where you said prison is like summer camp if you didn't go to prison for like like you know like child Molestation, molestation or like some you know those weird right yeah pedophile, pedophile. snitching beating yeah. women like that right there is already like that would win you the entire room over oh really i think it would that's so funny oh, yeah man. i'm trying to be more natural and like connect with the audience more now yeah and um i always think of something really dumb to say in the beginning and I always lose the crowd. You know? You think of someone that's, oh, it's going to be funny. You say it, and no one laughs. You get yeah. the dirty looks. But now I learned, don't even think of nothing. I'm going to go up there natural. Right. Just kind of say the first thing on yeah. my mind and connect with them. And as a stand-up, um, 
if you don't win them if you don't win them over from the beginning yeah, it's, it's hard. so hard to win them back it's so exactly. hard yeah exactly. but if you win them over from the start then it's really hard to lose them yeah, yeah. i mean you got to cry as soon as you go on stage man I, I i had some and shows where i didn't have that and it was rough <laughs> I, I i i yeah i had some brutal like i had an addition three days ago it wasn't a stand-up show but it was still kind of like performing because mm -hmm. i was trying out to be a tour guide at universal studios oh dang and it was me and like six guys and we go in and we have to for the addition uh, improvise a story mm. so there are six guys and the judges will point at this guy and then he's going to improvise a story and then we have to continue off that story based on who they pick next until everyone goes around you gotta be quick you gotta be quick yeah so we go in there's three judges judging our audition and the the topic was desperate housewives of nascar <laughs> so driving right what? So they're talking about a story. They're talking about a story. They're talking about a story. They're, we're all improvising. And I'm the last guy. And they come to me. And this is what I said. I said, oh, yeah. And um, they're trying to make Desperate Housewives of NASCAR. But, um, uh, but And they wanted to get diversity. So they're trying to hire. They try to hire Asian actresses. But none of them were able to make it to the auditions because they weren't good drivers. <laughs> and... No one laughed. Oh man! And instead, it was that moment where, like, you know, once when, when sometimes you say a comedian says something like, kind of cringy, and yeah. everyone everything just gets really tense. Like the atmosphere yeah. gets really tense. How did they it not was laugh like that. I I don't know, but I think they might have been a very like woke crowd. But oh, as soon as I said that, it was yeah. like. Like, people like rolled their eyes. They were like yeah. staring at me really harshly. The guy next to me went like this and one judge she was like smiling at me the whole time like oh i think this guy is good mm -hmm. and then as soon as i said that she like just mad dogged me the whole oh, time oh man but that was the that was the worst bomb i ever had that's not even a that it's the woke la crowds man <laughs> come on guys do better man <laughs> all right have a sense of humor <laughs> but it, that was rough that was very very rough um and yeah, that was. But I I bombed too. That was a very bad bomb, like very bad bad bomb. Like no one. <laughs> and after the the addition, we had to wait because they would tell us right away whether we make it to the next round. Mm -hmm. And no one would talk to me. Oh, they man. just ignored me. That's wild. Yeah. So I was just sitting out. We we're just standing out there for like five minutes, and no one would like even acknowledge me. Oh. All right. So imagine that, but ten times worse. <laughs> and you wearing a bucket, <laughs> sunglasses. Are, that's how I feel, man. <laughs> so yes, I'm. I am curious. Um, so you have, what brought on this persona? Like, was this, is this, like, was this your actual personality? Like this urban hip hop-ish person before you started pursuing stand-up? Or was this something that you're like, to, to, for, to enhance my stand-up comedy, I'm going to wear this hat and the glasses. It looks cool and I love it. I'm just curious what made you adopt these things well um, these are actually not sunglasses these are uh, safety glasses from home depot and oh. i wore these when i was a construction supervisor and uh you know i make excuses that kind of i feel comfortable with them on i feel i can't see too well because i did some welding work yeah and then uh ever since then i just kept them on 
even when I was working as a restaurant manager, nightclub oh. manager, construction work, and then um, I worked in radiology. Of course, I couldn't wear that. Yeah. Then when I did stand up, you know, I started wearing. Does it make you feel like more safe, or is it like uh, makes you feel more confident? Yeah, or? I just like even with the mic, I sometimes feel like I need to hide my face sometimes. Oh, well, oh, you're such I'm... a handsome, handsome man. You have <laughs> oh, such thank... a handsome well, face. Oh, uh, thank you, man. I think yeah, you're very handsome, man. Thank you. Oh, man. We are both but, uh... handsome <laughs> Korean men, right, Emil? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Director. Emil is handsome. He's wearing a mask, but I can tell he's handsome by his eyes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just naturally uh, always been kind of shy, and I have oh. a lot of stage fright, so it, it, I feel like it helps me. Yeah. What about the hat? The hat, uh, I was kind of like getting older, and my hair's all thinning. And oh, I seen you without yeah. your hat, though. Your, you have a. It seems like you have a great head of hair. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I just like to wear my hat. You know, I'm a little older guy, so. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like it matches. Right. I, I like to wear my marine pants. Yeah. Because um, I had like five sets I never wore. So I wanted oh. to like put them to use. Yes. It's my comedy uniform. <laughs> so Sizzle was in the Marines as well. What? Well, well, let's go back. Um, what made you want to join the Marines as opposed to go to a college or university? Um, what made you want to go? Because the Marines is a very tough branch. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, did you see that movie, Full Metal Jacket? I didn't, but I know it's a good movie. It's, I heard a lot of like good things. It's like about the Marines. Right. I saw that as a kid, and I was like, man, I'll never, ever join the Marines. Oh. You know? And, and um, you know, we're Korean. My mom always says, you're not going to be a man till you join the military. Because that's the Asian, you know, right. when you turn 18. The mandatory. She kind of like brainwashed me. Oh, okay. You know, I, I want to be a man. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, I was working at Popeye's Chicken. Oh. Like working in the drive-thru. And then I woke up one day and I was like, I'm joining the Marines. I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> Literally, you just randomly woke up, woke up and thought, I want to join the Marines? I'm gonna join the Marines. I'm not working at Popeyes any longer. Yeah. Uh, how were you? Did you graduate high school then? Yeah, I was uh, 17. Also, right after you graduated high school. Straight out of high school, and then um, I went to community college a few semesters. Okay. And then joined the Marines. What? How did you like community college? Man, I felt like uh, I just hated the classroom settings, man, and. Uh, you know, I was I'm not the most intelligent Asian, so I was <laughs> That's not true, sir. Yeah. No, I'm not I wasn't even good at math. Like, I, I most Asians are actually not that good at math. Oh, actually that's not true. Most Asians aren't good at math. Yeah. But I I wasn't that I'm not that good at math oh, either. Well, yeah. uh, basic math no problem. But yeah. once the yeah, algebra, yeah, yeah, geometry, yeah. I was yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So like and even in college you have to take math credits yeah. to take any degree. Right. I think math is what caused me to kind of not want to pursue oh. yeah, advanced math. <laughs> so if you didn't dislike math classes, what would have been your major? What would have been? My major was business management. Yes. Yeah, because I knew I wanted to run my own business. I just didn't know what at the time. Okay. Yeah. So you woke up that one day and said, I want to join the Marines. You just went to a recruiter that day? I walked into the recruiter office, wow. and um, the Army guy, Army recruiter, Air Force recruiter, Navy recruiter, I already met them. They were hassling me all the time. 
but I never met the Marines. Why were they hassling you? To join the army once I graduated high school. Because you were big and tall, or I don't know. I'm okay. not sure why. Oh, they just I think uh, I was poor Asian. <laughs> <laughs> they recruit the poor people. <laughs> <laughs> they recruit the poor people. Is that true? I think so, man. Okay. I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they were hassling you, but the Marines didn't hassle you. So you went to the Marine recruiter. Yeah, I walked in. I was like, I want to join the Marines. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. What did he say? He said, all right. And um, you're going to travel the world. And I took my ASVAB. I scored really high. So you can have any job you want. Oh. We're gonna What's you... the ASVAB? It's this placement testing. Yeah, that's what. It's kind of like the SAT, but for the military. Um, and are the subjects like English, math, science, or is it something yeah, else? Yeah, oh, okay, like, okay. Uh, common sense stuff. Okay. Um, just to see how you are far in education. Right. Because if you don't score high on that, you can't even join the Air Force. They only take kind of higher aspects. So it's a placement exam. Yes, yes. And the higher you score, the more prestigious the jobs? Uh, or the more... Yes. Like if you sco score low, you might go to infantry. Or waste management. <laughs> Wait, waste management? <laughs> yes. You can join the Marines and your job could be cleaning toilets. So. For four years? Yeah. For four years? Yes. You can't get promoted to like waste management manager or something? <laughs> well, hopefully you can be a sergeant at the waste management center or something. Of course, you can move up in oh, rank. Oh, wow. Yeah. But there's a waste management squad. Yes. Yes. Holy cow. Yes. And uh, I met a bunch of them. Um, all of them lost their sense of smell because they had to clean out some big bin full of rotten vegetables once. Boom, smell gone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Those must have been really rotten vegetables to yeah. do that. Did yeah. they sue? I don't know. Hopefully uh, the military takes care of them <laughs> like they do all these other people, right? Okay. 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 So yeah. So you, um, if you test low, you can get positions like that. Yes. Um. So you said you tested high. Yes. So which place did you end up going to? So I I said I wanted like a admin job, you know, office work. Oh. Yeah. But then I got stuck in the supply unit. Okay. And um, a lot of the guys were uh, Hispanics that couldn't even speak English barely. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I was stuck in that unit, and then I got transferred to security. I was guarding the ammunition supply point. Wow. That was fun. How did you like basic training? Oh, man, it was a great experience, man. Great experience? You yeah. liked it? Yeah, I loved to learn all the training and survival methods and shooting. I got to shoot all the weapons. Right. What was your favorite weapon to shoot? Uh, probably the two forty saw. It's like an automatic Oh, yeah. uh, 50 cal it's like a 240 but with 50 cal and um we were shooting down trees with that gun can you sh yeah. did you shoot a bazooka at4 rocket launcher you shot a bazooka into what uh we're just shooting there's a like shooting range yeah. Yeah. wow okay so what else did you like about basic training you said you like to learn yeah and um really like uh they make you miserable there yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And they back then they were probably still yelling at you and yeah. saying a lot of things that they can't do now. Yeah, so I uh, think what my boot camp experience was special. Uh, I got into a fight in the first week with another with another group of 
inmates or not inmates. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another group of Marines. Yeah. Yeah. They were um, making fun of my ethnicity, so I just started swinging. And then um, yeah, they were like, "Oh, pack your stuff. You're going home." I was like, "Oh no, I had a bald head. I had those uh, BCG glasses. Yeah. We call them birth control glasses." Oh. And uh. I was so ashamed. Wait, what's a BCG glass? Why is it called birth control glasses? They're these thick brown, it's actually battle combat glasses. But oh. if you wear them, we, we say birth control glasses because you're not getting no women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like this thick brown. Oh. Okay. 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 So I'm so sorry. Yeah. So um, they made, f- you started swinging. Okay. And they're like, oh, you said, oh no. Okay. They yeah. said you're going home. They're like, you think you're Bruce Lee? They're yelling at me. You won't fight me. You won't take me. Now this is a drill sergeant. Drill now. sergeants. Oh. Yeah. And so what? But then they switched me from uh, follow series to lead series, a different platoon. Yeah. They just switched me without telling me. And then I got to roll with them. But by the time I got there, I was already known for the fight. Oh. So all the drill instructors would, like, mess with me. <laughs> so they were just bluffing when they said they are going to send you home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So a lot What's... of mental stress, physical stress. They don't talk about the mental part, but they try to break you down. What were those? What were those guys saying to you that made you start swinging right away? Was it like very offensive stuff? Was it like did you tell them like, hey, cut it out? Or how long have they have they been doing it for a couple of days? Yeah. So basically, okay. every time you know we I pass by them or something, they're like, Jane, oh, here was she or some shit. You know, like they've never seen an Asian. Yeah. This was oh. in the late nineties. Uh, yeah. So like a lot of those guys were from the mid middle of America. They've yeah. never seen Asian people. Yeah. So, and I, you know I'm supposed to be on their team, but so I, that's what I didn't like about the Marines. You know, I joined because I wanted to be an American, but still they didn't like, accept me. So. And you told them to stop. Yeah. What yeah. did they say when you said? Could you... <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. What did they do when you started swinging? Did they swing back or were they just shocked? No, I got broken up pretty quick. I got one kid real good, got a black eye. What did he say? I think he called me a chink, straight oh. to my face. Like, fuck you, chink. Like, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, um, if you look in our yearbook, he has a black eye. Because oh! <laughs> of you? Yes. I remember his name, Manel. Oh, was he Hispanic or white or white black boy, or? White oh, yeah. and his name was Manel. Last name Manel. Oh, okay. So he was French. It sounds like maybe white boy. Wow. Okay. So you get switched over to this platoon. Yep. Are things better in that one? No. All the drill instructors were like, "Oh, you think you're tough?" Because uh, they know your record. Yeah, they kept quarter decking me and putting me in the pit, man, and. Uh, what does quarter decking mean? Quarter deck. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's like, you ever see those boot camp workout videos? Yeah. Yeah, basically, your drill instructor's smoking, like, do push-ups, do sit-ups, jump up, jump up and down, jumping jacks, and you're, like, nonstop doing the mountain climbers, and they'll do that for, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes straight, drenched in sweat. That's what a and quarter deck is. And you can't say, I can't. No. Or what do you do when you just collapse and your body just shuts down? They'll be screaming in your ear. Your ear will be ringing. They'll be like, get up, get up. So I'll never collapse, man. You know, I've seen all them dudes quitting. But... Oh, wow. And they would throw you in the pit for what? Uh, so 
I felt horrible, man. Like, uh, you know, they were messing with me, but they would punish everyone. They kept saying, Wang wants to smile. Wang smiling, everyone can pit. Oh! Yeah. Can you believe that? Like, outside, so the sun's shining. Yeah. And so I'm like this. Like, Wang smiling again. Everyone get in the pit. So at first, everyone was like, yo, fuck you, man. But then they realized, like, they were fucking with me. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So they even caught on that they're actually picking on you. Yes. 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 It's because of all the fight from the beginning. It kind of stamped me as a bad uh, recruit. <laughs> but it's good times in the U.S. military. So what? So this keeps happening, and do they say? Do they ask you why are they doing this to you and stuff? Then, nah. And um, when I I checked in, you know, boot camp was really racist. Uh, MCT training was kind of racist. But then I checked into my unit in the fleet. I was officially a marine now. I checked into my unit. I had my alphas on. Uh, that green uniform. Yeah. And I've just met my series gunnery sergeant. I'll never forget. He looked at me, looked at my name, was like, Wang, Wang, get you in here, Oshima. And, you know, I thought he was like joking. Yeah. But like he wasn't. <laughs> Dead on serious. Wow. And that's from the highest ranked person in the whole company. In the whole, you know, Shh. unit. And you were the only Asian person in yes. all these situations? Yes. No other Asian people? No Asians. <laughs> How did that... You must have felt very... Well, did you have friends then still? Or were you just alone the in whole the time? In the Marines? Yeah. I mean, I went to the Marines with a Korean buddy. But he went two months after me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. Just went there. And... Did you have someone at least that you hung out with then during the training and stuff that you could kind of talk to? And... Oh, my Marine brothers? Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay, of course. okay, okay. So they yeah. still, yeah. they were just messing with you, but they still yeah. cared There's about always, you. I always had like met, I got real lucky and met some good people everywhere I went. So I did have some good people on my side. Okay. You, know, you need that to get by. Yeah. You know? So you finish up your Marine training um, and... And then you end up in Maryland as a, as a business, and you start a business, right? Yeah. Well, I was working at a liquor store in Baltimore City for Korean people. Yeah. And um, I was selling uh, marijuana to, the, to people in oh. Baltimore City. And then I realized that's like a dead-end job, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I was lucky to meet someone, and I learned... The mortgage business, learned to be a loan officer, and then eventually a mortgage broker. That's how I was able to kind of learn to make some real money. Yeah. What made you start selling weed or and, and work at the liquor store? Well, uh, I was applying for some jobs, but um, you know I didn't have no work experience, and my Marine work experience wasn't good enough. I didn't want to be a security guard. Yeah, so. Just working at a Korean cash job. And uh, like I said, I was lucky to start the mortgage business at that right. time. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. So, yeah, you get yeah. that mortgage training <laughs> yeah. and you decide yeah. to start a yeah, mortgage business. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was selling the marijuana and, uh, you know, karma catches up. I, I got robbed and almost uh, killed in Baltimore City. So, 
that's why I kind of got lucky. How'd you almost get killed? I was robbed by some, uh, someone told me they're out of towners. I was like selling too much. People had a target, I guess. So you were selling in someone's like territory, would you say? Is that why? And they're like telling you to stop selling because you're taking business away from us? No, that type of I thing? was cool with the territory guys because I had a different type of, I had California marijuana. I yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, man. I should have been discussing this stuff with you. Wait, wait, wait. Well, well, you had what? Discussing drugs with you. No, no, no. 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 Why not? <laughs> why not? I don't It's care. legal now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's legal, legal now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, in Baltimore, there was no, like, good weed. So, I was getting it from California. Uh, they called it Dro. Yeah. Yeah, not kind yes, of. Yes, Dro. Yeah. I, I, they that they just good. called it Dro. Yeah. And, um, you know, they never seen nothing like that before. So, they wanted it to the territory guy. Who was your guy? How'd you get a guy in California to send you that? Uh, we had some growers in, like, Mendocino County. Um, back then, we were just... Shipping on like FedEx, UPS, post office. How would they hide it? We were putting it in candles. We would like hollow out these candles wow. and send like five to ten pounds at a time. This was back in the day. They didn't have Dang. the uh, needle. You know, they didn't have the um, the post office police like they do now. So you were selling a lot then. You were making probably good money, I imagine. No, man. No? I, five I, to ten pounds? I back mean, then? I, I, I wasn't like... I wouldn't say breaking the bank, selling marijuana. Okay, so um, let's go back to the yeah. So you start your you you met this meet this guy who teach, starts to teach about mortgage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I got really lucky because you know I was used to making like ten dollars an hour working liquor store selling <laughs> drugs. To now I'm making like three to five grand on a one cold call phone call. You were cold calling and yes. making three to five grand. Yes. This is back in the day. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I need to hear this. Because that's a lot of money. Because yeah. even back then, because yeah. of inflation, before inflation. Can I, Can you show me, like, a phone call? Like, can we, like, do a scenario about how it looked like back then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you call me. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm the loan officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, okay. this is how you're... How would you try to get my okay. business? Okay. Right. Okay, ring, ring, ring. Hello? Hey, how you doing? Is this uh, Mr. Ryan Coop? It, this is, yes. Nice to meet you. Oh, what's going on, Mr. Koo? Are you the homeowner? I am, actually. Yes, yes. I'm just giving you a call because the mortgage interest rates right now are about 5%. And I'm looking at your old lead and it's showing you have 8.5%. I can save you $3,000 a month right now. Oh, wow. What's the catch? That sounds too good to be true. Well, what happened was your home value has gone up. Okay. And so your loan to value has gone down, and you're qualified for a much lower interest rate. And we can include your second mortgage into the first, get rid of that, and save you $3,000 a month. Wow. Let me go ahead, pull your credit right now, send you a package, and we could get this started. I don't know. <laughs> Something smells a little fishy. How about this, sir? I can come by your home or your business show you the paperwork, show you how all the numbers, which bank we're going to use, order the appraisal, and we'll get this started. Wow. <laughs> so back then, everyone had these high interest rates. So if I called you offering a 5% interest rate, it's automatic. You know? 
So it was just a really good deal at the time. Yeah, it was uh, during the mortgage boom. I don't know if you heard of that. It's oh. between 02 to 06. Yeah. And then it crashed. Right. And so did I. <laughs> so, okay. Before we get to the crash, I keep cutting you off. Sorry, I'll keep just letting let you tell your story. Okay, so, you okay, yes. You are now making, you just started doing these cold calls, making three to five grand a month. Okay, take us from there, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, I thought I was going to be a millionaire within a few years. So, got a new house for my mom, bought her a car. Um, so, you're making a lot of money as is. Yeah, I was paying friends phone bills and paying all the club tabs and bar tabs. And, you know, I just saw more money coming in. But then, the market crashed in 06. I went from making almost six figures to... Eight grand in one year. Wow. Yeah. Actually, less than eight with the overhead, but that's how drastic it was. And so. So, no one wanted to do that deal anymore, refinance? Well, they couldn't because uh, everyone already refinanced, and some people kept refinancing just to pull cash, the equity out their home, and their house kept going up. Yeah. And then, boom, the house crashed, and they owed more money than what their home was worth. So the market died. And uh, so then I had to start selling marijuana again. <laughs> you went back to selling marijuana? Yes. With the whole hollowed out candle guy? Uh, we kind of had different operations throughout the years. But yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, the post office ladies were like stealing stuff from us. Because they knew it was? Yeah. I mean, oh. we were paying them to make sure. Oh, we, so they were in on it too. Yes. FedEx driver, <laughs> UPS driver. Wait, so this is a big operation. Yeah, I think everyone got locked up. I was in like the first wave of the arrest, but all the post office ladies, FedEx, they were on the second wave. So how do you, happened. how do you get them to join your squad? Like ah, uh, so like um, if a package is coming, we just ask, can you make sure this comes, and then we give them some cash. But they wouldn't know what's inside. No. But then if they knew what was inside, like the post office ladies, like our cash was getting stolen, like 30 grand, 40 grand, boom, missing. Oh, we didn't get it. Wow. And we can't even, like, go to the authorities. Right. So, don't sell drugs, guys. Don't sell drugs. Yeah. You'll just end up a loser, man. No! I, well, <laughs> I'm sure there's... Well, I mean, marijuana's okay. If you get caught, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you shouldn't sell drugs. Yeah, yeah. don't sell like bad drugs, like heroin and stuff. <laughs> That's our PSA. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. So you go back to selling marijuana to make those ends meet. Yeah. And I then. Bought a new house and everything. Right. So how long does that last? So uh, it was going well. Um, I always had like multiple jobs too, not just selling marijuana. Or the cold calling mortgage shop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. And then um, that kind of came a side job because no one was being qualified and no one's house value was yeah. up anymore. So yeah, I had to do a, like an eBay business. Um, I started working at a liquor store again, you know, just to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, because some people, once they adapt to a certain lifestyle, 
or they have like a nice job like a mortgage loan officer they're like oh i don't want to do a liquor store job again you know what i mean like yeah. but you don't you didn't mind it at all yeah i mean you just knew you had to make money somehow and that was something yes yes wow and i knew i just wanted a job where i could meet people because that could bring mortgage deals or marijuana deals <laughs> okay okay um so i know that you did go to prison for a little bit right yes yes so uh how if you don't mind yeah um the market crashed and i sold the marijuana and then i had my son okay so my guy did the marijuana business with he opened this wholesaler resale company we we uh liquidated stores and then sold their items on ebay oh so i started running that business i got a business license everything was legit but then uh he was still selling marijuana by large amounts we're getting shipped back and forth from california and uh, he had shipped it to our place of business then the feds started watching us and um, it was like a really big investigation two-year investigation right and I was charged with like trafficking money laundering they suspended my mortgage broker's license they took my house took everything man but then uh after they realized and arrested everyone got all the statements they realized man I was just running the business your the eBay business yeah, yeah. And they told me that I needed to cooperate with the government but they don't need nothing on this case they want other people so i was like no and they said well you're gonna have to go to prison if you don't so i took a deal three years and my charge was misprision of a felony remember that misprision of a felony is knowing of a crime and not reporting it you can go to a federal prison for that mm. like let's say you give someone a ride you don't know what they did they did a committed a crime like you can still go to prison oh. yeah, it's like wrong place wrong time time type of thing so they did the investigation and they saw that this guy actually didn't do anything he was just running a legit ebay business but they knew that you knew of the other stuff that was going on with the the weed business and they're telling you hey will let you off if you give us details on that. That was the deal? That, and, you, you re, and you refused to tell them? Yeah, so... So they were telling you to snitch, and yeah. you said, no, just send me to prison for three years instead? I said, I'm not snitching on nobody. Because, I mean, the reason they asked me to snitch on other people, not in that case, because everyone was done. They had enough to yeah. get everyone. But everyone in that case... They were snitching and saying that I know this, I know that. And uh, they put a statement book this big, uh, 18 the co-defendants. This big? Yeah, yeah. this big. <laughs> snitching. All snitching. And I, I went through each page with my lawyer. And they were saying, I know this people, I know that people. So I was like, look, I don't know nothing. I don't know what they're talking about. They said, like, we know you do. So if you want to get convictions on some other but crime, then, you know, you don't have to go to prison. You just need to cooperate. But what people don't know is they want you to cooperate for life. You'll be a snitch for life. 
And um, I have a son, whatever he has to hear about me, I just didn't want him to hear that his dad's a snitch. So <laughs> all your friends snitched on you. Yes. And all the feds said was snitch back or we're going to send you to prison. Yes. And you had a son, a wife, and a new house, and you still chose to not snitch and go to and and decided to go to prison for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Those guys in my case weren't my friends. They're like gangsters and bad guys, but they wanted me to snitch all their stuff. But right. My friends, friends, I, I was like, I don't know nothing, man. I feel like as a police officer who's in that position asking you to snitch, they probably knew that you knew some stuff, but you were just choosing not to snitch, right? Yeah. Did they... I'm sure they showed, like, some respect for that, right? Because that's a very admirable... Like, what you did was... Very few men in this world would have done what you did, you know? To not snitch. In those circumstances where everyone will be like, oh, yeah... If you snitched in those circumstances, it's completely reasonable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have a very high code of honor. Did the police officer, like, show you, like, respect for that and stuff? Well, it was the uh, DEA officers. So, you know, they were cool. They were, you know, all the interviews are like, man, you shouldn't even be here. You know? They're like, man, you, you look like you can do some big things, man, some great things. You shouldn't be here. Also, yeah, I shouldn't. I wasn't even involved with that, but... Like, in the bottom of my heart, I knew I had done a lot of stuff that I got away with. So I was at peace with going to prison for three years, even though I was innocent on this. And wow. I was like, you know what? Maybe I do need to go to prison now. You, know? you what you said is such a noble and virtuous thing. What made you... Well, yes, I know you... I'm not... Yes, you. I know it sounds a little crazy because you said like you sold drugs and stuff. But what I'm saying is... You have honor, I guess? Maybe that's the word? Like you have... Well, morals? I don't know how to describe it. You know what I mean? That's, that's just such a manly thing to do. Like that's like a really manly, manly thing to... To see things that to see things that way in that situation, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I admit, man, I, I got away and did a lot of stupid things. I, I hurt a lot of people, and um, you know, I could call it loyalty, but at the end of the day, it's like stupidity, man. It's a very thin line between being loyal and just being s stupid. And when someone says like, "Oh, man, you're so loyal," like I just hear, "Oh, you're so fucking stupid." <laughs> Oh. You know, so, you know, at the end of the day, I know I was a big time troublemaker. And yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to go to prison for a few years. So, Were you scared? Well, I was scared of the, my biggest fear, man, was I would watch those prison shows and those guys were doing their laundry in the toilet. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, I was scared of that. That was your biggest fear of going to prison, doing laundry in the toilet? I thought I would have to wait till my celly takes a poop. 
clean the toilet, and then wash my clothes in there. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to prison, man. You weren't scared of anything else, like getting killed or raped? Or? Well, you know, like, not really, you know. Of course, but I didn't think about it. You know? I was oh. thinking about that laundry, though, man. And I didn't... At first, they are trying to give me a mandatory minimum 10 years. Oh, so, shit. That was like really, it was hurting me, man. Yeah. Uh, 10 years, but uh, everything worked out, man. I'm here with you doing a podcast. And you did you have to wash your clothes in the toilet? No, never. Never. <laughs> never. And I didn't get raped. <laughs> or rape anyone. <laughs> Just kidding. Where did you have to wash your clothes then? Uh, so, yeah, prison, man. Three meals a day. They do your laundry for you. They do your laundry for you? Yes. Your yellow or your whites will come back yellow, but they do your laundry. <laughs> oh, my. So, um, do people actually get raped in prison? Is that a real thing? Did you see someone or hear someone getting raped in prison? I think I heard it. I think I heard it. Uh, there's a lot of, um, what's it called? Screeching, screaming, someone dying in pain. Like, I, I didn't want to think, oh, that guy's getting raped. I did hear something crazy when I was in the Baltimore Supermax. Where, oh, fuck. Yeah. Supermax. Yeah. Was it at nighttime in the bunks or was it like in a court you train I training? I heard it yard? coming from the bathroom. So, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like ask around or nothing, man. You know, okay, but so yeah, my first time in prison was the Baltimore Supermax. So I was just kind of stayed to myself. Was it um, so it's not common, uh, at least in the the place you were places you were at. Let's say you're like a child raper or something. You're probably going to get raped, definitely. Let's say you raping women. Uh, you're probably going to get raped, or this one dude raped a nun, and everyone was like. We're going to get his ass. <laughs> so, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think, like, the guards will have to be in on it, too, kind of. They'll let it happen, you know? But, so even the guards are like, yeah, this guy needs to get raped for what he yeah. did. Yeah. They'll tell us. They're like, oh, man, no, the chomo coming. <laughs> okay, so... If... So those type of crimes where you rape a kid, rape a woman rape a nun, they will rape you back. More than likely. They and won't kill you, they'll rape you. Yes, or kill you. Or rape you till you die. <laughs> oh, hold on. They rape you till you die? Yeah, and you think it's not, like, the prison rape's not always, like, some dude, like, going in on you. It's usually, like, they'll just shove something up your butt <laughs> and oh. you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you did to people so oh. that's how they're gonna kill you you know by shoving something up your butt not a penis no probably like anything <laughs> like a monster oh so Just, that's yeah they'll... so most of the times when you're when prisoners are getting raped it's not with a penis it's with an object I mean it could be a, a guy a penis but you know are those guys usually straight uh man there's some lifers in prison they're never getting out those are the guys that usually take care of. <laughs> oh, they do the raping. Yeah, they'll do whatever because they, they can't. can't get more time. 
They can't leave. You know? They just want some respect in the prison. Okay, so respect. And you said people in prison know what you did. Like, they'll know if you raped someone. Yeah. They'll know what you did. So yeah. you had a lot of respect because you, you didn't snitch. And they know that. And they yeah. know that they just put you in prison for a stupid reason and that you could have gotten out if you just snitched. Yeah. So you walk in. What What's the, what's your first day like? Well, damn. I went to four different prisons. So... When I first got arrested, it was like the Baltimore Supermax. Very scary place, man. Because it's a super. That's the most yeah. highly... Yeah. yeah. And my first day, there was a transgender inmate. Um, big, big boobs. Oh, was, okay. Hey, I, got, I got weed. I got coke. I got crack. I got K2. I got hooch. I, basically, a drug dealer in there. And I'm like, man, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be here too long. I was like, no, you can pay back whenever. I was like... No, I'm not going to be here. They're like, no one gets out, man. This is federal. There's no, like, uh, probation or release. Either they let you go or they got to stay in. But, um, yeah, man, thankfully they let me out. I have my baby mom come with all my friends that have kids. I told my scary-looking friends I don't come. <laughs> but, yeah, all my family friends came, and thankfully they let me go. And uh, I'll tell you what you were mentioning. Like, they knew what I did. When I got to Elkton, Ohio... This Asian dude. Do you remember the New York Chinatown gangs? White Tiger, Flying Dragon, back in the 90s? I don't. No, no. no. Yeah, I'll look into them. Very interesting. But um, Are they like triads or like American gangsters? American Chinatown oh, gangsters. Oh, okay. What happened was uh, they got all locked up from the RICO Act in oh. the 90s. But all the heads went back to China. So all the like... Sergeants and generals got locked up, but those were Korean guys. Yeah, they weren't even Chinese. But they were locked up in the 90s, so when I was getting out, they were all, like, getting out, too. Yeah. When I got there, they were about to get out. And luckily, this dude, Wu from White Tiger, he was at Elkton. And when I got there, I was in this prison cell with two, three child molesters, man. It's like a four-man cell. Oh. And he was like, hey, you say, I already looked you up. I got you a room over there in the penthouse. Wow. And uh, they moved me out of the chomo cell and put me in the penthouse. What two the... two man cell? In oh. the corner of the prison, like the least traffic. And it's ever. called a penthouse because that's the most prized yeah. cell. Yeah. And my cellmate wow. was this like lifer. But he couldn't speak English. He was cool though. But man, they they looked out for me, man. But only because they already saw my charge papers. They saw that I didn't cooperate with the guard. So in prison, they respect. There is respect for the crime, the crime you committed. Like based on what you're in for, can complete will will determine the type of experience you have in prison. Yes, yes, yes. If you're fucking a raper, like there's no respect, you know. But if you're like some big time drug dealer. You know, they, they'll look at your case, see how much money you made, see the judgment amount, see the big title, like 2,000 kilos. and you know, Criminals, man. <laughs> Criminal thinking. So, what, what are some of the perks you got from having a very respectable reason for going to prison? 
what were some of the advantages of that? Like you said, you got moved to a penthouse without even asking, which is a very, seems like a very good deal to go to a two cell in the top with no traffic compared to a four man cell. <laughs> yeah. So what are some other situations like that where you got? Oh, uh, I got to play um, in all the leagues, basketball league, softball league, volleyball league. Got to uh, work out with certain areas in the prison. Like, uh, they have, like, weights set up somewhere. But you can't use now. No one can just go use it, only certain people. Like, if you are a snitch, you can't, you can't go over there. You know? You're not allowed to play handball. You can't be on the basketball oh, team. Oh, shoot. No. Oh, you're not even able to be on the team? What if you're, like, LeBron James? <laughs> they might make an exception. <laughs> yeah. If he's a Muslim, turns Muslim. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Muslims in prison. Oh, okay. And then you'll be like, wait, wait, all these white dudes are Muslims. It's for protection because they're snitches or child rapists. So they become Muslims because they're so, like, strong, man. And they accept oh. anyone. Yeah. So if you are a rapist but you become a Muslim in prison, that will grant you some protection? protection. Yes. Yes, because Muslims accept anyone. Even the if you rape the child or yep. something? Even a child Even rapes sex offenders, yeah. yeah. If you submit to their religion, they'll protect you. <laughs> but most child rapists probably don't know that when going to prison, right? Yeah, man. Uh, if you're a child raper, like, you kind of don't... You're not playing basketball. You're not working out in the yard. Unless you're know. LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I never saw a LeBron James baby <laughs> raper. <laughs> What's the worst crime to be in prison for in terms of the respect you'll get? Is the it child rapist? Crime? Yeah, man. Child okay. molesters. Let's say yeah. he's a child molester, but there's also a really huge prison basketball league, and this child molester guy is like LeBron James level. Would they take that guy into their team? Or will they still say, hell no, like, you ain't getting respect In prison, me. I don't think so. But NBA and NFL, gladly. <laughs> really? <laughs> they they so, love the abusers. Oh. <laughs> but in prison, even the... They they wouldn't win... They wouldn't uh, take that guy to win the prison championships? It'll still be too so. much? Yeah, okay. I don't think so. But you never know, man. <laughs> I didn't see a LeBron James. Baby raper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm curious. You know me pretty well now. Yeah. How would a guy with my personality do in prison? Because I'm a very big people pleaser. Yeah. And I'm not very confrontational. I think, uh, I think you would... You can be honest, too, y'all. I think you'd be good. I think everyone would try to, like, talk to you and... Because, you know, they see Asians with money. And they'll try to be like, hey, man, you can order me a honey bun, you know? I don't have money. Can I get a scoop of coffee? Like, they might ask you for a lot of stuff. Yeah. You got to be like, nah, man. You guys just got to say no to everyone. How you come? Because they might ask you again. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And never ask anyone for nothing because that means you owe them, <laughs> you know? So, but I think you'd be all right, man. I think you'd be a, a educator in there, man. <laughs> Yeah. I start like a prison choir. Yeah. <laughs> you were probably leading the Presbyterian group. <laughs> the prison Bible study? Yeah, there was a Korean church pastor in there. Why was he in prison? 
he was a fraud. He was selling fake socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fake Nike socks. <laughs> what? Why was a Korean pastor selling fake Nike socks? No, he wasn't no real pastor. He was a pastor in oh, prison. Oh, yeah. he became a pastor yeah, in yeah. prison. I thought he was a pastor too. I was like, this <laughs> motherfucker's a fraud guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, what kind of respect does a, a Nike sock salesman get in prison? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was at the immigration prison in oh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Wow. So... Um, for prison, um, you told me that prison for you was like summer camp because yeah. you just got to read books, watch TV, play basketball, volleyball, softball, three meals a day. They do your laundry for you. So you, you seem very fond of your prison experience. Did you enjoy it? Well, to be honest, I was going through a real rough spot with uh, my baby mom. Uh, oh. <laughs> and man, it was like a vacation from her, man. I know that sounds messed up. I, I'm not gonna get into what was going on between us, but yeah. like it was mentally and physically straining for me at that oh. time. And just go, go, getting to go to prison, work out every day, exercising, reading books. It was. I, I think I needed that, man. Do you? Th oh, yeah. Well, that's that's. Hilarious, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it was kind of like, um, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's like a, like a retreat. Yeah. But do you think you, you're a different? Do you think that you became a different person after going to prison because your prison experience wasn't as trim? I'm sure it's still traumatic, but do you think prison changed you? Because that's what a lot of people say. I feel like I gained a lot of knowledge while I was in prison. Um, just meeting the, so many different kinds of people, their life story, how they ended up there, and uh, also the books I got to read. Man, I got to read every book I wanted in prison, and like I never really read books out here. Um, in the, what was your the world. top three favorite books? Uh, I like some of the basketball coach books, like Pat Riley and oh. Phil J. It's interesting because they talk about the history of um, basketball. Uh, there's this book I read about the Holocaust, AK something. Oh, okay. I'm not sure, but okay. But uh, that really helped my prison time, kind of opened up my eyes, made me be grateful of what you know, I do have. You know, this guy's in the Holocaust camp. He's still mm. grateful yeah. for everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, it's got to read all the like the Rich Dad Poor Dad series and all that. Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm a convict dad now. Wow. So you came out of prison becoming more knowledgeable. I feel, yes. Yes. <sighs> wow. That the the just the topic of prison is so interesting to me because I, I never been. Hmm. And I watched do you know um I think his name is Larry Lawson? No. He's a guy who went to um prison for being a jewel thief, but he has a whole YouTube channel where he oh, just really? tells a bunch of prison stories. Mm. And it's very interesting. I watched a lot of them, so I'm like, oh, it, it's, a, it's a different world. Yeah. yeah. The rules are completely different. Yeah. yeah, so I just thought it's just so fascinating. Um, so, yeah. Um, what are... Just the last prison question, and we'll move on. Um, 
what are the the three what are some like no no's in prison like don't like such as don't steal someone's food or don't um work out when someone's working out like don't you know what i mean what are, what is like what the worst thing you could do that you learned yeah do not leave the bathroom without washing your hands you could die for that what? even if you tinkle at least run a little water on your hands if someone sees you leave the bathroom without washing your hands you could die why yeah i miss a sanitary thing so like everyone kind of watches that they check, everyone checks that, make sure you don't leave the bathroom. That's like the first rule. So prisoners are very, very uh, clean. Uh, they're supposed to be, man. They try to keep it like that, you know. Um, yeah, they say, uh, don't touch, don't like, there's one microwave usually. But even if someone's food is in there and you're trying to heat up your meal, don't yeah. touch no one's food. Like, you could fight. Okay. That. Uh, don't change the channel without getting like permission from whatever gang or ethnicity is watching at the time. You could get hurt for that. You know, such stupid things, man. But it, but but you're right. Yeah. Larry Lawson mentioned some of those things too. Yeah, yeah. I think the clean cleanliness. I think that kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. I had a problem, like, I, I was always in LA Fitness, and I was, like, telling people, hey, man, you did you forget to wash your hands? But then this dude tried to fight me. He just took a shit, and I was like, bro, you wash your hands? And then he was, like, trying to come at me. I was like, oh, man, this dude just took a shit and washed his hands. Try to fight me. <laughs> oh, so you didn't want to fight him? Yeah. Not because he was a scary guy, but because yeah, he didn't I'll, wash his hands? Yeah, I'll fight it. I'll fight anyone, but he didn't wash his hands, man. I'm like, yo, man, wash your hands first, man. Wash your hands God, first, damn. then square yeah, up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're going to catch these hands after you wash them. <laughs> so oh I stopped, like, letting people know because, you know, I'm not in prison, prison anymore. Prison anymore, it's yeah. Not, none of my business, but, you know, we're sharing the gym, man. Yeah. Be clean, man. Yeah, yeah. If I, shoot, man, yeah, if he's going to... Use a bench press or something. Yeah. You don't. You wouldn't want to have this poop stuff on there. Oh, I got some really uh cool tattoos in prison too. Oh, They're really cheap, man. So, this was from prison. Yeah. Can you show? Oh, oh my god. This is a Margaret King rendition, big eyes piece. It's my baby mama. Got it in prison. Um, I pay nachos. I made someone nachos for. You, how many nachos? Prison nachos. You put a bag on the table, dump some nachos, put cheese, meat, onion, whatever. And, and that was the price of the tattoo? Yep. Uh, well, how how expensive, how prized are prison nachos? <laughs> to be, is that like a really big thing in prison? Well, I made good nachos, man. Put all the good meat on there, sausages and all that. And uh, yeah, I got this. I made like a peanut butter honey bun cake and I got this Korean flag put peanut butter on top of a honey bun put another honey bun put it in the microwave 30 <laughs> seconds oh my god <laughs> what what is the most expensive prison meal item that you can get goods for I think nachos might be the prize item because oh. it's, it's a lot you know lot goes in there how do you get the ingredients for that uh they steal it from the kitchen 
and you buy it on commissary. So any fresh vegetables, cheese, they steal it from the kitchen. They stick it down their pants and you gotta buy it. <laughs> buy it with stamps or tuna, whatever the currency is. Holy cow. So if you're uh, a good tattoo artist, because that those are very nice tattoos, yeah. you can make a lot of prison goods like nachos, so, yeah. Some prisoners, man, they made a hustle so good in prison. Like tattoo artists, they they can make more money in prison than on the outside. But the money will be nachos, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 actual money. But you, yeah. but you said they're it's it's by food. So well, they'll what they'll do is they'll have their people on the outside send their family people. Like send my mom two thousand dollars. I'll do your back piece. You know. Stuff like that. It's crazy, man. It's a different world. Yes. It's a different world. Once the lights go out, it's like a whole prison nightlife in there, man. What was your favorite thing about prison? My favorite thing? Probably the uh, basketball and softball leagues, man. <laughs> it's like the time of my life, man. I was playing second base, doing double plays. <laughs> that was like my dream, man. And um, I, I took the Asians. We beat the Mexicans for the first time ever. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, they get competitive. Those games get com competitive. Yeah. No, yeah. Asians, we never, they never won nothing until I got there. We beat the Mexicans, man. Were you like the, the Hesop Choi of prison? It's like Jeremy Lin. But he plays basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was fun, man. <laughs> I had nothing but good time in prison, which is sad to say. I think it's um. I don't think it's sad. I think it makes sense yeah. because if you went in for a respectable reason like you did, it seems like it's a completely different experience. Like if you went to prison for something like you know like a crime that will get you messed up, then I think it's a to totally yeah. different story. But like you said, if you go in there, of course it's still bad. Yeah. But it seems like there's still some ways to find joy within that time, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of good dudes in prison, man, that really shouldn't be there, you know? Um, there's definitely a lot of criminals that should be there, but there's a lot of people that didn't hurt no one. They're just trying to feed their family, you know? Maybe not legally, but... Like, that lady that's yeah. selling hot food for food stamps, she shouldn't be in federal prison. Do you, she's probably out by now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. How competitive is the prison basketball league? Oh, are they man. good? Yeah. So, uh, are they like dunking? Yeah. Oh. Um, but they foul, man. Like, if you're posting up or you drive through the lane, you're gonna get hit. Like they'll just hit you, man. <laughs> it's like they'll just punch you. Just like boom, and they'll foul you like deliberately. What if you call and what if you call foul? Do they respect it? Nah, man. <laughs> they don't respect it. Yeah, and the, there was a prison basketball league. Like every time I had a good block, like the ref would call foul. Why? Because uh, I guess he's a black dude. Oh. <laughs> and I'm Asian. You know. Is the ref another prisoner or yeah, an actual yeah, the ref? Refs are, oh. Refs are prisoners. The people serving the food are prisoners. The teachers are prisoners. <laughs> what happens if you win a basketball league in prison? Is there a prize? Uh, nah, they, like, make a phony trophy. It's like, you know, 
But it, I bet it's a big deal in prison. Oh, yeah. Those sports oh, leagues, yeah. right? Soccer, baseball, or softball, and basketball, really big, man. They take it serious. Are there, do they try to, like, and it's by race, the teams? Usually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I went to this prison called Elkton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's a sex offender prison. And over 50% of the prisoners there are sex offenders. And if you have one year left and you're a nonviolent offender, they'll send you there to finish your time. Mm. It's just like an extra punishment. But, yeah, there's so many sex offenders at that prison. It's, it's like really scary, man. Teachers, mm. uh, people in positions with authority over kids were in that prison. Because I've never been to a prison where it was mostly white people. I was like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? Yes. And they send, they have a special sex offender prison so they don't get raped in other prisons? Is that the reason? Yeah, they kept getting killed, beat up. So they're like, okay, we're going to designate this prison as the sex offender prison. So if you're a sex offender at a maximum security prison, you're... Do anyone last for longer than like a year? Nah. They all just end up dying? They they usually check in and you stay in solitary confinement for 30 days. They send you to another prison. You're in a cell for 30 days, then you get released into population. Then people start saying, oh, that's a a chomo. Then you'll check in again and get sent to another prison. What's a chomo? Uh, It's short for child molester. Chomo, Chester. (laughs) Wow. Hey, that's crazy. Okay, well, I won't... Fascinating. Fascinating. Thank you so much for being open about talking about the sizzle. So, how'd you get into stand-up comedy? You go from being in the Marines to being a mortgage broker to eBay business to going to prison. And now you're doing... And you are a radiologist, (laughs) you know? And now you're doing stand-up. Well, hold on. This is such a... I thought it was such a funny story. The radiology position, you said that when you applied, you put on your resume that you were the the desk worker at prison. (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't say that you were a prisoner. You just said you worked at the prison. And then you got hired for this nice radiology manager position, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I was told, like, you won't get hired without experience, you know. But like I said, luckily I was a medical clerk at that prison, the immigration prison. So I just put medical clerk at Moshannon Valley Immigration Center on my resume. I just didn't put I was a prisoner. <laughs> and I got hired, man. And they paid well, right? Yeah, I was getting paid well. I got three raises. I was about to be a supervisor, man. I was working with all these beautiful women, oh. which... It sounds fun, but it actually isn't. Oh, but yeah. Why? Why? Uh, it's the woman office environment. It could be straining to a, a guy, I guess. I don't know. In what way? I know. I I, I can see why. Yeah. I, I I I guess I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they all hate each other, man. Oh, there there's always there's drama. Yeah. Between the the workers, the female workers, and it gets. Draining, yeah. yeah. I can and see And they that. always drag me into <laughs> Like, hey, man, I'm an Ajishi, man. Leave me out. Are these Korean girls? Asian yeah. Girls? yeah <laughs> they're very passive-aggressive. Well, I shouldn't generalize. But most Asians are passive-aggressive. Not just Asian girls, but Asian men and girls, yeah. 
I, I can get passive aggressive, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that passive aggressive in, in a work environment, that's tough. Yeah. That's was, tough. It was no fun, but um, you know, it was new to me because I was working in construction with all amigos. Yeah. <laughs> and that was draining. And I come to office setting with all women, it's even more draining, man. Wow. <laughs> okay, so stand-up comedy. Oh. How do you end up doing stand-up comedy? And you're about to go on tour, so you're about to do... You're about... You're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it, right? And how does that happen? Uh, well, first, I don't know what I'm doing in stand-up comedy. Okay. Um, That's all well, you're very good at it, so... Oh, man. In terms of your skills, I would say you're very... You, yeah. You know... You know comedy, I think. Oh, yeah. man. No, nah, man. <laughs> uh, Ron, I'm not even a funny person. I've never been like a funny guy, but just trying my best, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. even more reason. If you don't see... I, 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 I think you're a very funny person, even in real life, but... How does someone who feels that way about themselves decide to pursue something as scary and daunting as stand-up comedy? Oh, man. That's a long story. I won't bore you, man. But, like, um, I was working in radiology, and I got injured at that job. Okay, I yes. tore my ACL. Yes. And, you know, it's a radiology. Why don't, can I get an MRI? They said, oh, we'll give you an MRI, but then they fired me. So I was like, yeah. okay. I got yeah. a lawyer. So... I was going through the lawyer thing, going through rehab. They said I can't work. So I couldn't afford my apartment in K-Town. So I was like living out of my car. Yeah. And then um, I couldn't get another job, man, because I was injured in my criminal history. And how many other places gonna, am I going to get away with putting a medical clerk in prison? Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was really mad at our God, man. I was like cussing him out one day. And, like, he, like, kind of, like, showed me all my life. And I was complaining about it. Like, look what you did to me, man. Because you do, do me like this. And he was, like, showing my life. He was, like, telling me, like, like use this, man. It's, it's like a joke. And then uh, I, I didn't think, like, oh, comedy. But I don't know, man. Just, like, it, it uh, motivated me to... Hit the stage, man. And um, when my first thing I ever said I wanted to do was be a comedian when I was a little seven-year-old oh kid. Oh, my god! Yeah, I was like, I want to be a comedian like Uncle Fred because he was so funny. Who's Uncle Fred? Uh, some of my white, well, my cousin's white husbands. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, he was always yeah. real corny, dad yeah. jokes. And I was like, man, I want to be a comedian. But yeah. I was never funny, man. So, right, right. Wow. Like, I know I had all these crazy stories. Half I didn't even tell you, but um, wow. I thought I maybe can't believe that. Yeah, one day I could eventually turn that into good material on stage. Comedy, I don't know, but you know, I'm telling you, Sizzle. I never, I rarely laugh out loud or <laughs> laugh genuinely, and I laugh genuinely like a lot, like more than I did in like the past month. But you have so much, yeah, material. But that makes total sense. Like, how can you make all this thing happen? It's a joke. Yeah. And like, and and yeah. I shouldn't even be here, man. Like, um, you see these people getting shot on TV, robbed. Like, I, I've been robbed like three times with gun to my head, and you know I'm still here, man. It's just like such a blessing. You know, I, mean, I I would love to be able to make people laugh, man. 
you and need, make money. <laughs> you need to say these stories. Yeah, just try yeah. To, you have to. I gotta, I gotta make it. You like, don't even have to make it into a joke. Yeah. Literally, just tell the story. Cause some standups do that, and I think it will do so well. It's so yeah. It's it's. I think it'll do. You you have, um, unbelievable material, and that's the best material. Like actual life experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta yeah. make it. Into yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> Oh my but, gosh! You know, everyone's life, they, everybody been through stuff, you know. Everybody been through a lot, and you know, uh, even though I'm not funny, I'm just I just keep going, just trying my best, man. Wow. Okay. Well, we're kind of out of time, but um, I would love to have you back to say the other half of those crazy stories. <laughs> This, I love this interview. This was um, an incredible interview. I think you're an amazing man. Oh, it's, yeah, right. I think you're an amazing man, seriously. Um, so I'm so glad that I got the chance to interview you. Um, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, oh, I have an Instagram. It's um, Ajishi Power. <laughs> A-H-J-U-S-H-I Power. It means like old man strength. Yeah, yeah. And do you have any upcoming shows? Other uh, than the tour, of course. We're going to Dakota, July 29th. Okay. And I think I'm going with Kiki Funny Mama. Oh, okay. Crazy Woke Asians, August yeah. 28th to Seattle. Love See you in it. Seattle. <laughs> Love it. I doubt I have any fans in North Dakota or Seattle, but for whatever reason, if someone listens to that, yeah, check out Sizzle. He's hilarious. Kiki and Crazy Woke Asians is awesome. JR Redwater, awesome. Chiefs of Comedy. Chiefs of Comedy, super pumped. But um, yeah, Sizzle, thank you so much for Man, coming. Thanks. Would have to have you back. But this was awesome. Super enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Okay. We'll see you guys next time. One, two, three. Oh crap, cool.